Welcome to the Red Letter Christians podcast. Red Letter Christians gets our name from the Bibles that highlight the words of Jesus in red. And we're aspiring to live as if Jesus meant the stuff he said. We know that the loudest, most prominent voices representing Christianity in America haven't always been the most beautiful or the most faithful voices. And we know that the way we change the narrative is by changing the narrators. We are committed to amplifying the voices of people who are dedicated to Jesus and to justice. How much longer will justice when a law is... Hello, everybody. This is Shane Claiborne, and thank you for joining me for this show. This is a very special show today because <laughs> I've got as my guest, my here, drum roll, hun. My wife, your, the lovely Katie Joe Brotherton. Your radio voice is interesting. <laughs> We've done several shows together. <laughs> Hello. And Hello. Welcome. <laughs> welcome to the show. Oh, you know, we have a good time. We have a good time. And that's what we wanted to talk about today. We're going to talk about anything you want, honey. But I, we, we, um, we were talking about joy and defiant hope. And we just like to have fun in life. Uh, and we've been turning guns into garden tools. So we'll talk about that a little bit, turning guns into art. We're not limited by garden tools. We're actually doing lots of other things with gunmetal. And Katie is um, the chief blacksmith at the Raw Tools Shop. In case you all didn't know, one of the highlights from last year is after living in our solar-powered tiny house school bus jam with composting toilet for over a year, we are back in Philly, and we opened up. That's right. We were living in a school bus, which Katie can tell you more about. It's pretty awesome. Um, but we're back in Philly, and we have our shop that we opened, the Raw Tools Philly shop. And we get our name from Flipping War backwards that's how we get the raw tools and 10 years ago um friends of ours and uh, in colorado and we in philly started chopping up donated guns and turning them into stuff and so we opened up our storefront if you're ever in philly you got to come hang out and we've been having open shop days we've been doing all kinds of stuff so uh it's been pretty fun yeah. hasn't it mm-hmm. um one of the but things that, I do want oh, to be clear when you say that I'm a blacksmith that we're hobbyists. Yes. There's a clear distinction. I told someone the other day, I can ride a bicycle, but I'm not doing the Tour de France. <laughs> it's a similar thing. We can blacksmith, but I wonder what the equivalent of the Tour de France is in blacksmithing world. Would you say that the sweet Lord Jesus was a hobbyist? of the carpenter or was like <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> no i think um but it is our our sort of side job and vocation that we love right now we're doing three days a week uh in the shop and there's lots i know you know a lot of you in other countries are just baffled by the gun crisis in america we have more guns than people we now have um, over 110 people every day losing their lives to guns. In the pandemic, guns became the number one cause of death of our children in the United States beyond car wrecks and cancer. Guns are so it's it's a it's a real crisis. Mm-hmm. But we also 
I mean, we live in the thick of that. We live in a neighborhood that's very impacted by that. But we like laughing and we like joy. And I think that's why we like turning, chopping up guns and turning them into things, right? Mm-hmm. When we got home the other day, we've been chopping up guns all day. And do you remember what you said? It's a good day when you blow your nose and what? It, black dust. <laughs> when you blow your nose and it's black, it's been a good day in the raw tools shop. I don't know if that's good for our lungs. Yeah, though. I think we we, we do Still wear masks. We have lots of safety equipment and masks for the record and for the environmentalists. But we also <laughs> we also um, inevitably uh, have a little dust that gets into our nose. Um, yeah, but it's holy work. You come home smelling like that, and you get this grit. You get dirty hands, and there's something very healing about and concrete it's like it exercises a part of your body and your mind and your soul that um just typing emails does not yeah we love it we also listen to music in there mm-hmm. which gives us joy yeah one of my biggest joys is playing a song and asking shane who it is and for those of you who are across the pond this will Either frighten you or make you laugh. You throwing me under the bus? Yep. Under the solar power school bus? Yesterday, Let It Be was playing. And I said, who is Uh, this? And he said, full confidence, pretty sure it's Elton John. uh, Okay. And I shrieked inside. (laughs) So are many other people listening. When I told him who it was, can you give me this? That it's sound. I've had worse guesses. When I told him who it was, let it be. His next question was, or phrase was, "Don't the Beatles and Elton John sound very similar, though?" (laughs) No, they do not. Okay, so if you're just tuning in, thank you. This is uh, Katie Joe Brotherton. You've been listening to my lovely partner in life and also my partner in chopping up guns and turning them into garden tools and other wonderful things. Um, so tell, well, maybe we could share a few stories, keeping in mind that not everybody lives in a country that's wrecked by gun violence. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought one of one of the really powerful stories that we had recently was, um, a, 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 I mean, so many of these stories start tragically and uh, this was began with a suicide of a young woman who took her life. And it's important to remember that two thirds of our gun deaths in America, two thirds are suicides. Mm -hmm. And in this case, the protocol of the police, the detective that was working with the gentleman, he was the husband of the the woman who took her life. And, um, and the detective told him that the protocol was to put the gun back into circulation. So they were going to, you know, um, make this gun available for purchase again the gun that uh, that had taken her life and this guy's just um i mean he's grieving it had only happened a few weeks before and um he said i I just would feel better if it was destroyed if that's the last time it fired um and he had heard of raw tools and what we're doing so he reached out and had a chance to talk with him and um, pray for him and i was thinking of um, how raw and real this was when I talked to him. And and I said, you know, you've been through enough. Just connect me with the detective and we'll see w- if we can make it happen. And I, I connected with the detective and it was an incredible human conversation. I mean, I, I said to him, he, he was really um, wanting to honor this man's request. And so um, 
I said, I'm sure this is outside the box, you know, uh, challenges the protocol. And he's like, yeah, but I want to see if we can do it. So he said, I'm going to work through the ranks. And he did that. He came back to me and said, we got it. We got permission to do it. And um, our protocol is no one like leaves a gun. So he, especially as a law enforcement person came and he brought the firearm and we decommissioned it together. So we chopped it according to all of our regulations. And he saw that this gun was fully inoperable. And it was amazing. I mean, here's a detective that's going out of his way to try to honor someone else's grief and pain. And now that well, his too, gun, though. And his he, too. Yeah, he, he was also, on the scene. He found her. So he has that scar as well. And so, I mean, you know, as we're doing all this, it's it's very beautiful, provocative, creative work, but it's also very, um, very real stories behind this. Mm-hmm. Also, this week got to deliver a piece I'd made oh, out of yeah, an AK-47. Cool. So these are our assault rifles, right, that are military style weapons designed for one purpose, which is to kill as many people as possible, as quickly as possible. And um, they can be made to shoot, you know, 100 rounds in a minute and they're still legal on our streets and so there's a family in philly that just moved to philly and someone in their family um gave them a gun um and actually mailed them an ar-15 saying you know i I think they were essentially saying you might need this in philly and they were devastated um and didn't really know what to do they got a young child so they googled how to get rid of a gun and they had no idea about the simple way or raw tools or any of this. And they, it pulled us up and he called and, or we reached out and then like in within an hour, I, I said, man, you're only a couple miles away. I brought the chop saw over and we chopped it up and I just delivered um, a sign that we made out of the AR 15 for his child's room and a, um, a garden tool that his child can play with in the garden or work in the garden with. So there's all kinds of stories. You got, you got it. What, what else? What has been on your mind as we're doing this work? Like you got a like story of something you've made this mm. week that you want to share with the people? What have? Oh, I made that heart from our that our friends did the demo for out of a trigger guard. For yeah. those of you who don't know the parts of a gun, yeah, there's a picture it's of very Katie. self-explanatory. It's a guard that covers the trigger. You can make a heart out of it. Katie's been making like lots of really cool stuff. You can see some of the pictures of it on her website. And one of the other things that Katie's been learning and uh, is, is how to cast metal. So there, so you, you, we use the forge to do the traditional blacksmithing Um, and you know, it heats the metal up, it gets red hot. And then it it was a little bit malleable, kind of like clay. You can move it around and make it into stuff. So that's what we're doing most of the time. But there's another furnace that we now have that gets hotter than the forge and it can actually melt down certain metals. Uh, so there's parts of the AR 15s that are aluminum and, and some of the other guns and it can melt them down. And we can also take bullet casings, the 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 bronze brass. brass brass from the bullets and melt it down and it turns into almost like candle wax and you pour it into these graphite molds and so we're doing like hearts and crosses yeah, tell them about tell the people about it what? it's it's a challenging thing i mean it's, it's very like, hard it's very hot and so it we have all kinds of like a liquid it pours out like a blob yeah so it's hard it blobs out i haven't let shane do it yet because he's kind of good at everything 
He's one of those people that wins at every game. Even if it's a game of chance and luck, he somehow manages to win. That's not, okay. And so I just want to be good at this. Okay. Because um, I can see him just really being amazing at pouring it. So I'm living in my glory at the moment. Okay, time for a commercial break. Thanks for listening, y'all. Um, no, so let's see. Um, what... Um, let's talk a little bit about the joy because we have a really good time. Um, and I mean, some of it is that sparks are flying and we're chopping up things that are designed that, you know, possibly have taken life. Like we just had a gun that was from the 1800s and some would be like, why are you going to chop up an antique gun? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like, yeah, but we have a lot of war museums. We have no idea the story of this gun. It's and, true. Um, it probably killed people. Yeah. And so it feels really good to to make it inoperable. It will never shoot again. And also, we are remembering it just in a different fashion. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, I, sometimes I tell people, I show them a shovel made from a gun, and I say, this is what a gun looks like when it gets born again. So we're kind of remembering it in a new shape and form. Mm-hmm. And um, But talk a little bit about like what joy I know that feels really official, but we we have fun together. We do. <laughs> Part of the problem right now is Shane would like to have this radio show scripted, and I don't like it scripted, but then this happens <laughs> where he asks me a question, and I have no idea how to answer Talk it. about joy. Talk so, about joy. So one of our, our coffee mugs that we have is from the – we have a community that we're friends with in Bristol in the U.K., also where Banksy is from, um, well, re- reportedly exhibit. Bank- Banksy is from, um, and our friend Marvin. Uh, that brought us joy to the Banksy the mayor. exhibit. Yes. Oh, yeah. We're, um, so anyway, with this cup that says relentless optimist. Mm-hmm. So we, we drink out of that, but we did um, have a Banksy museum in Philly. It was um, cool. That's a little bit related to the mug. The whole point was the mug, oh, relentless okay. optimist yeah. that we... We're both. Um, I think Banksy might be a relentless optimist, mm-hmm. don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some say that there's a difference between optimism and hope. Um, <laughs> Katie's like, I'm not interested in talking about that. I know. But what are we are like? very hopeful people. Yes. Although I did just read. Uh, anyway, I won't go down that rabbit trail. But I am. There is a lovely book out there by. Um, it's a conversation between the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu, and it's called Joy. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. And it does make you understand the roots of joy from two people that have experienced very difficult lives. Yeah, a lot of struggle and still laugh really All hard. the time. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful book. So if you've not read that, it's def- I think it's called The Book of Joy. Yeah, isn't it? I think it is called that. It's also why we kind of enjoy Pope Francis. He, he seems to have some joy. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, word on the street is that when Archbishop uh, Justin Welby, Archbishop of the Anglican Church, of course, for those of you not in the Anglican Church, um, when he met the Pope, uh, Pope Francis, they just started uh, laughing and embracing each other That's and saying, sweet. how do we get here? Um, something like that. So that's sweet. But, yeah. Do you I, ever think that? How did you get here? <laughs> um, 
Well, since we're just like talking about whatever we want to talk about, we should also tell you that we have a new installation to um, another person who was joyful in the world, St. Francis. Okay, yes. so we're we're really getting off track from the guns and the gardens. Although St. Francis would definitely beat the crud out of an AR-15. And um, so do you want me to tell them uh, how we got well, it? Well, you you're tell the one that got it, so okay. you should tell it. I know that this is going to make some of my Protestant and charismatic friends maybe feel a little bit awkward. Um, maybe even some of my Anglican friends that are not a huge fan. But anyway, um, we have a relic. Let me just put it all out of there. A, a legitimate Vatican certified relic of St. Francis, which probably means it's a little piece of his bone or skins or a fingernail hair. or something. <laughs> I guess it could be hair. But here's how we got it. So my friend David Schultz, great filmmaker, um, great dude. He, I went out to California speaking at his church, and he's made all these films. And a couple of them he's made on Rich Mullins. He's made some great films on St. Francis. So he got this relic. Um from the Catholics of St. Francis, legit relic. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm staying um, there with him. And he says, hey, listen, um, I've got this relic and it's just kind of been sitting in my garage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he says, I want you to have it. So now we, I have all of this stuff that I brought back from um, Assisi when I was in Italy. And um, I've got a candle where Francis was baptized. I also have a candle where Francis stripped naked rocks like the lilies and the sparrows and said he was ready to follow jesus and yeah i have all these rocks and stuff so now we have this entire wonderful little homage yeah homage to saint francis Is it homage homage? well homage. it might be different in england yeah just you can we just kind of roll it homage um but that is in our house now it's there beautiful i think he saved our chickens and bun bun during the oh you can't say that no, we do greet it. him though. We'd say hey, good morning, good morning, Francis. I talk to Francis, don't yeah. you? Yeah, I think that's the point. You know, this is interesting because some of our friends that get offended about the saints and you know prayer saints and stuff, my Catholic friends have told me, you know, it's just like talking to your friends. You you sure, end up like speaking over the centuries because yeah. like time is irrelevant death is irrelevant so i love that they're it's not like they're praying to the saints because they have more power than jesus or something they're just saying pray for us down here hey remember us over here hey oh you remember i'm looking for my keys who is it that helps you find your key anyway yeah but uh, you know i could say kind of solidarity with the cloud of witnesses of old so that's new in our life yeah but you talk i talked to my grandmother you're in in the heavens yeah, I think one one can give that a go. And uh, so also new in our life um, is here is that we, um, um, I, I just finished a book oh, that did. you've helped me with a lot. It was and, good. Uh, I'm going to do another show on it because. It's a good book. The, the book is I'm called. I'm a tough critic. Rethinking Life. Katie is a very tough critic. There's lots um, of books that I read that are not good. By probably a lot of y'all. Don't name any names. Please don't name any names. I won't name any names, of course. But you also. This good. So we'll talk about that another time, Rethinking Life. But um, you're doing a lot of reading. We yes. You just finished Otis Moss's book, Dancing yes. in the Darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about joy, too. He does. Um, and you're reading this uh, book by Ibram Kendi, oh. um, the, the stamp from the beginning, right? 
yeah. Yeah, and but I mean, so good. I mean, it's heartbreakingly okay. good. I, there's so many parts that you've been <clears throat> reading me, but I think that the people need to know about Benjamin Franklin. I think you just got to get this part out there that. I mean, we have, this is part of what we're trying to do. And in my book too, I'm trying to like do a better job of remembering history. That's honest. That's not just reactionary, but Ben Franklin. For starters, read the book because it's going to change your life. I'm not even finished Oh, definitely Ben Franklin. I meant Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. yeah. Sorry if I said Ben Franklin. Well, you don't Um, need to apologize for that either. You went in this whole side. Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. Okay. When give us, okay. We got five minutes. So you got to give us the quick. Okay. And I'm going to do my best. There's a lot of things in there. Thomas Jefferson's wife died when they were fairly young. He liked to spend some time in Paris. And he took his, actually, what happened was uh, a woman who was a slave on his plantation came to see him in Paris and brought her daughter, who was at the time 14. And Thomas Jefferson had known since she was an infant her name. Sally. Who you met some descendants from, yes, right? Yes, I met her descendants. Yeah. It was Hemings. really powerful. Sally Hemings, yeah. And he, at she was 14 years old, wrote in his journal that she basically had turned into this beautiful woman mm. and took her as his own mistress. Yes. Although mistress makes it sound Yeah, they weren't equals. No, so she had she became pregnant at the age of 16. Um, asked 40 years, like 30 year difference. Years difference. Okay. Yeah. Asked to be free and was going to petition to the people in Paris to be free. But Thomas Jefferson essentially said, um, no, I'm going to take you back. You will be free when we go back and I'll make our, not even our, excuse me, your children that we have together free when they reach adulthood, which he sort of did, but sort of didn't on his deathbed when he was in his 80s. Mind you, they've been together since he was in his 40s. So they've been together, had multiple children. I think six lived. Mm. Um, he only freed her and their children on his deathbed. But did not free 200 slaves that he had at the time, knowing he was million in this day and time. It would have been millions of dollars in debt knowing that all of his stuff would have been sold, like his home and all that, and the people Mm. that he enslaved would be sold because of the debt. And he could could have had the chance to free them. And he is known as one of our most staunch advocates for abolition and the brother. These are also folks that are right and all men are created equal. He wrote the Declaration of Independence when he was 33 years old. Mm. Uh, And he, he... Oh, yeah. So I don't mean to take any wind out of the sale of the Patriot, the U.S. Patriots. Actually, I do mean to take some wind out of our sale because we got some really messed up history. We got to deal with. I mean, 14 years old. That's illegal now. Right. I mean, we look back, but not only is it illegal, but there are so many things wrong with that. Oh, his his face is on Mount Rushmore. Right. When he became president, this guy came out and thought. I'm going to public, I'm going to, I'm going to put this out there. I know that this is happening, that he's having this, um, what many believed at the time was impossible to be in a, a relationship with a black woman, but also, uh, he thought it would be a stain on his presidency when in fact it did, it did not become a stain 
because so many slaveholders, as we know, were raping young black women at the time and kind of felt a camaraderie with Thomas Jefferson. And we're like, oh, we don't want this to kind of like our president's doing it, but we don't want this to kind of get out. So the opposite happened. And there was like not outrage, which this is not surprising to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, especially you think about, you know, our current situation. uh, Uh, But I mean, the fact that that all these terrible things that he did, people thought, well, if people just know that, they won't want him to be president. (laughs) In fact, another president has said, I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and people would still support me. But here's where we find ourselves. So um, we're out of time, but here's the deal. I love having Katie Jo, my wife, on this show. We will do more of it. And our whole point was to talk about joy, but you heard about Thomas Jefferson. You heard it all. And uh, you heard about Sally, Sister Sally Hemings. And um, we also are really excited to keep beating on guns together. Katie is also an avid um, circus performer. I'm teaching her to fire breathe right now, and she's doing a very good job. She's teaching me to unicycle a little bit better because she's better than me. We're both jugglers. We'll show you that sometime. Ooh. But we also believe in joy, y'all. And I remember one of my mentors saying, if we can't laugh, then the devil's already won. Hmm. Or as Emma Goldman said, uh, if I can't dance, it's not my revolution. So joy is an endangered thing in the world. Keep your joy alive. Sing that song, honey, as we go out. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. That was not Elton John. Do you know who wrote that? <laughs> no. Me neither, but it's a great we'll song. we to look into that. Yeah, this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. You got any closing remarks, honey? Mm-mm. Well, thanks always, y'all, for listening in on the show. Thanks for your support of our community and our work. And please, if you're not already a part of Red Letter Christians, go sign up at redletterchristians.org so we can keep in touch with you. Love y'all. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Red Letter Christians podcast. Too often, Christians have used our faith as a ticket into heaven and a license to ignore the world we live in. But at Red Letter Christians, we believe our faith is not just about going to heaven when we die, but also about bringing heaven to earth while we live. For more information on Red Letter Christians and upcoming events, additional resources, you can go to the show notes or our website, redletterchristians.org. You can also support Red Letter Christians by giving a one-time donation or becoming a monthly sustainer. Just go to our website and click the red donate button. Thank you for being a part of this conversation and for being a part of this movement.